Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. I'd like to thank our sponsors, which is the National Tile Contractors Association, Tough Skin Protection, and ESP Sales. And stay tuned after this show to hear some important messages from our sponsors. Uh, Also, I want to mention before we get started with this exciting uh, interview, today is that I have been sending out stickers, stickers for the radio show. And if anybody wants some stickers to put on their truck or their toolboxes, I'm going to be offering a contest here pretty soon on once I give enough stickers out to the best photograph with my sticker. So uh, if you want a sticker, go ahead and send me an email at fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com that's f-h-u-e-s-t-o-n at gmail.com i'm more than happy to uh to go ahead and send a couple of stickers in the in the mail like i said i've already sent a bunch of them out okay uh hopefully we've got a bunch of installers listening out there to this show because this is a very important show as you are aware or maybe you're not aware that many times in using a lot of the Carrara-type marbles in a shower, you end up getting that darkening. In other words, where the stone looks like it's wet and it never dries out. You may get that right away. It may not dry out. You may get that uh, after several showers or or not. Well, a good friend of mine who I'm going to get on here in a minute, uh, Pablo, who has been doing some pretty extensive research. You may have heard the show we did a while back when he, he started that experiment, and he's going to give us an update. So, let me see if I can get uh, Pablo on the line here. Are you there, Pablo? I'm here, Fred. Can you hey, hear me? how are you? Yes, I can hear I'm you doing fine. Good. How nice, are you? Nice and clear. Well, we're kind of excited. We've been talking about this for a while, and I know those of you that have been following you on Facebook have been have been following you as well. So let's, you know, for the folks that aren't familiar with what you're doing, let's start from the very beginning and kind of give them an introduction as to, you know, why you're doing these experiments and uh, how you set it up. So it's all yours, buddy. Sure. Uh, So I just wanted to uh, first say that uh, most of my industry peers know me by my nickname, which is Pasha. So Pasha Ah. is not my twin brother. Pasha is, it's me, it's myself. Uh, My legal name is Pavlo, but Pasha is my nickname. This is how all my family members call me, including my good friends. So when you see Pasha and Pavlo, uh, don't be confused. It's the same person. Great. Uh, yeah, it all. <laughs> you can call me Pasha as well if you want. Great, uh, I will. So it all. Yeah, it all started approximately a year and a half ago, when I myself uh, had experienced uh, the same issue with uh, Carrara marble discoloration on a shower floor. Uh, so I would like to first maybe explain what we are talking about here, because yes. some people misunderstand a little bit. So. When we talk about discoloration of marble on shower floors, we, we're not talking about just individual pieces getting darker and you know, looking a little bit darker than others. Uh, that is pretty normal for natural stone, and that looks very natural. So what we're talking about is blotchy-type staining that look, uh, looks like um, you know, wet stains as though... Uh, there is like puddles of water sin- sitting under under the stone, so that's what we are dealing with. Right. And uh, approximately a year and a half ago, I installed um, a full Carrara shower, and I I'm very uh, detailed in my installations, so I try to follow industry standards uh, to the best of my knowledge, and everything worked. Uh, I mean, everything looked perfect. So the stone looked very white. The customer was very happy, uh, but then approximately two weeks later, uh, that discoloration uh, started uh, appearing on that floor around the drain and also throughout the floor in different areas. And uh, so I was very confused because it looked like uh, there, there was standing water behind the stone, and I knew for sure that my slope was installed per industry standards with a quarter inch per foot. Uh, slope and uh, I protected my weep holes. I used, uh, I, mean, I think many installers are familiar with that method. I used a uh, bonded waterproofing membrane with a divot method. I'm, I'm not sure whether you know it or not, but I think many of our listeners would know that method. Yes. So, uh, and this is how, how it all started. So I started my own investigation trying to 
uh, get as much, as much information as possible uh, to fix that problem. So first I just wanted to uh, figure out what was happening to that floor and what was the cause of that darkening. And uh, this is actually how uh, I found your website and then uh, this is how I contacted you. So it was almost a year and a half ago. Wow. So we've been, we've been friends for a year and a half now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I started um, doing different uh, little tests, if you wish. Start. I started doing different, you know, like little manipulations with that floor, trying to understand, trying to figure out how uh, that darkening, you know, could have happened could have happened and uh, I found out that once the moisture goes inside the stone even through grout lines part of that moisture gets trapped and I realized that actually the water that was uh, there was not sitting under the stone but it was sitting inside the stone and something was holding it and I shared with you back then that in my opinion, so I, I realized that probably it is the uh, impregnating sealer that trapped moisture inside of my stone. Right. And uh, it was, I mean, such a big news for me back then because first question I was asked when uh, I shared about that problem with other uh, installers and contractors, their first question was, did you seal that floor? And once they heard my positive answer, so that, that answer, yes, I, and I did seal it. I sealed it two times with a premium sealer. Um, that answer was uh, sounding as positive to them. And they, they, they said, okay, it might be something different because they thought it wasn't sealed. Uh, so I decided after that I was um, uh, stirred up so much that I decided to do uh, a little experiment, even though I, I have no special facility to do that, just my own backyard and my garage, <laughs> but I decided to do uh, a little experiment to trying to recreate different situations with Carrara marble discoloration at shower floors. And I want to give credit to, uh, I mean, so many people because it would, it would never be possible without the support and help from so many people including uh, Schluter Company, Wedi, Ladecrit, including uh, many local tile and stone uh, suppliers who donated me you know, material, donated me Carrara marble, and also uh, advice of many people like yourself, Martin Brooks, NTCA Vice President, and many others. So it would never be possible without all your help and support. Yes, so uh, I started doing that testing uh, with so first originally I uh, I made five uh, shower floor modules with Carrara marble. Uh, two of them were uh, four foot by four foot, and three of them were three foot by three foot. And later I also added another uh, next five modules. Uh, they were all three foot by three foot. And I believe that actually we found out. Uh, three main causes of that marble discoloration, blotchy type staining. And again, we are talking about, some, uh, we are talking about the floors that are installed uh, by in per industry standards to the best of our knowledge. And that discoloration still happened. So, and um, I found out three uh, reasons, causes, and just I wanna share with you about it. Yes, absolutely. So number one, uh, and actually before I share it, I want to read something from the TCNA Handbook uh, 2019. So TCNA Handbook for Ceramic Glass and Stone Tile Installation. And Great. I will be reading from page number seven. And actually it's about glass tile selection and installation. Uh, so what could be the relation between glass tile and Carrara marble installed on the shower floor? So here it is. Page number seven says this. Bonding translucent glass tiles directly to membranes or other impervious surfaces is not recommended because any moisture trapped between the tile and membrane would be visible. Membranes should be placed behind or below the tile setting substrate where a translucent glass tile will be installed. Select only opaque glass tile if the tile will be bonded to a membrane. 
So according to this uh, paragraph, regardless of whether you installed your translucent, well, translucent, you know, meaning that you can see through, translucent right. glass tile, even if you installed it per industry standards with uh, uniform uh, white mortar bed under it, you know, flattening the ridges so that there is no uh, uncollapsed ridges visible, even if you do all that, TCNA Handbook doesn't recommend installing that type of glass directly over uh, what's called, I mean, bonded waterproofing membranes. Because even though you, you can do, you know, all that and you can use all those techniques, uh, moisture can still be trapped and it will be visible. So I found out that the main cause, in my opinion, I believe that the main cause of Carrara marble discoloration when marble is installed, you know, on the shower floor is a bonded waterproofing membrane method. So what happens is I've, uh, I mean, I've considered it so many times and it's not a rocket science. So no. when marble is installed directly over a waterproofing membrane on the shower floor, having only a thin layer of uh, mortar or thin set, moisture, once it penetrates the, the stone, will make that mortar wet. You know, the amount, I mean, of that water will not be big, uh, but still that mortar will get wet. Also, many of the uh, bonded waterproofing membrane uh, shower trays, prefabricated shower trays, even though they're perfectly designed and they have um, uh, slope per industry standards, a quarter inch per foot, uh, they have, some of them, they have uh, what's called fleece uh, that allows, you know, a moisture to grab to it when you install tile or stone. That fleece also gets wet. Uh, other uh, shower trays have what's called uh, cementitious coating, and that cementitious coating gets wet as well. And now you have this situation. So you install Carrara marble um, on a shower floor with a bonded waterproofing membrane. Water penetrates grout lines. It penetrates the stone, and it makes that mortar a little bit wet. It also makes it goes a little bit deeper, and it makes that fleece or cementitious coating wet as well. And while it would never cause any problems for porcelain or ceramic tile, or even glass tile because it's pretty much impervious. Right. It can cause, that'll be enough to cause that wet, blotchy staining inside in your marble, in your, especially when you install Carrara marble or any light-colored marble. Um, so that's reason number one. Uh, what about sealers? So uh, I just want to share that I installed uh, 10 shower floor modules with different methods. Most of my shower modules were carefully pre-sealed and sealed per manufacturer's directions. I strictly followed the manufacturer's directions and I pre-sealed and sealed most of them. Some of them I just left um, unsealed. Uh, also, I wanna share this, that originally uh, last summer, if you uh, remember my first thread about it on Facebook, in different Facebook group pages, my opinion was that uh, bonded waterproofing membrane method is pretty much the safest method for Carrara marble uh, as, as long as you don't seal your stone. And I had two modules installed with Carrara marble with no sealer being applied. And that actually those modules, they showed pretty good results. So they never uh, produced blotchy staining. They looked very light and they looked very uniform in color. But I realized that that was due to the fact that I was not uh, hosing those modules for a very long period of time. So I was hosing it down for only maybe like one minute, let's say. And hmm. those modules, they just never had a chance to be saturated with water. Once I extended that, that you know, watering time to five minutes, and you can imagine having 10 modules, I was just not able to hose them down for five minutes each because it would take me just an only uh, it would take me an hour <laughs> to hose down sure. all of my modules. I just didn't have that time. But once I started uh, hosing them down for approximately five minutes, and they became really saturated, that it it wasn't like blotchy staining, but the, just some areas of those floors, those modules, became wet. 
and it would take approximately two to three days for those wet spots, you know, to disappear, to for that moisture to evaporate. Um, so, what about sealers? Uh, I mean, as far uh, as we most of us understand it, we think that sealer, penetrating sealer, uh, or impregnating sealer, is something that will prevent moisture to uh, from entering the stone. And it's uh, true, but only partially. And right. I want to refer to your great article that is called uh, Bulletproof Sealers. Uh, oh, sorry, Impregnating Sealers Are Aren't bull Bulletproof. It's Correct. found on the internet, and I would highly recommend all of our listeners to read that article by Fred Houston. So it's called Impregnating Sealers Aren't Bulletproof. Uh, so once you seal your stone, if you, even if you pre-seal it, you seal it, it will prevent moisture to enter the stone in a liquid form. But it will never prevent, if it's a true impregnating sealer, breathable, what's called breathable, it will right. never prevent moisture to enter the stone and grout in a form of vapor. Because most of those impregnating sealers, they're actually great products. And I always use impregnating sealers on all of my installations uh, in dry areas and in wet areas on ceramic and porcelain. I always use it. So it's a great product that helps a lot with maintenance and cleaning. But once you uh, do that, so moisture will enter the stone in a form of vapor. And then there is a high chance that moisture uh, will condense into liquid. And remember that those sealers, I mean, if you read the technical data sheet of most of them, they claim to be vapor permeable. So they will allow vapors to escape from the stone. But that will also mean that they will, they will allow vapors to enter the stone. And once vapors transform into liquid, uh, those sealers are not breathable for liquid anymore. It would take sometimes a very long time for that liquid to evaporate from under the stone in a form of vapor. So that's another reason why I yeah. personally would not recommend doing uh, applying impregnating sealers to, uh, to uh, stone in a wet area. I'm talking about shower floors. I think that vertical, like walls, would be a little bit different unless you do like a steam shower, something like a steam shower. Right. Uh, so while... I, I just shared some bad news about bonded waterproofing membrane and sealer being applied to stone. I also have some good news about it. Good. Even though all of my sealer, all of my modules, uh, they produce, produced some sort of blotchy staining when, it, when, when, when the stone was installed over a bonded waterproofing membrane. There was or there is one exception to that. One of my modules that I installed with epoxy adhesive, achieving uniform, I would say 100% motor coverage. So I used the appropriate notch trowel. I made sure that my uh, motor bed was approximately 3 sixteenths thick. I collapsed all the ridges, achieving a uniform um, bed of epoxy motor. I placed the stone, so I let it dry for uh, for approximately 12, 12 hours, according to manufacturer's directions. And then I applied two coats. I pre-sealed it and sealed it with a premium, uh, very, I would say, very breathable uh, penetrating sealer. Uh, because I was going to grout that floor with epoxy grout. So what would happen if I didn't seal that floor that I was going to grout with epoxy grout? In that case, epoxy grout, even though, you know, I just want to share quickly that some people think that sure. epoxy grout will always stain natural stone. Well, I cannot talk about, uh, I am not sure about all of the types of the stones, but I used epoxy grout on Carrara marble, and it never actually, I, I, of, of course, I always used white color, but I used different brands, and they never uh, discolored the Carrara marble. So they always worked very fine. So uh, if I didn't seal that floor, what would happen is the epoxy resins would fill the pores of the stone. And since epoxy is not breathable for vapors and moisture, it would just block 
any moisture, any water that would get inside, it would just block it inside the stone. And I had one mock-up module. Um, it was just a board, mock-up board, that I uh, created using that method, and it was, like, permanently dark because it, mm -hmm. it would have those wet spots because epoxy uh, applied to, to an unsealed stone would just fill the pores and would block any moisture inside. So right. uh, c coming back to my module, I did two coats of sealer that is very breathable, and I installed epoxy grout, making sure that my, uh, all of the grout joints were fully uh, packed with epoxy. Because what would happen if I had any void under the stone uh, inside the epoxy mortar bed, if I had any voids inside my grout joint, they would just pull water because epoxy is water repellent. Epoxy doesn't absorb moisture pretty much, maybe right. just a little bit, but not much. What happened is I was expecting to see that module to get discolored very fast. But what happened uh, really amazed me because uh, so that module uh, has been sitting on my backyard since August. And uh, first I was just covering it during the day, you know, from direct sunlight, etc., etc. And after I pretty much finished my, uh, you know, second phase of my experiment, I just left that module completely, you know, exposed to weather and rain, etc. That module has been acting the same way. So it does absorb moisture because that sealer, remember, it's very breathable, meaning it mm -hmm. will allow moisture to get into the stone through vapors. It, it, it does absorb moisture and it does produce like a little blotchy staining, but only inside individual pieces. Because in that case, epoxy grout works as a capillary breaker, not allowing moisture to spread from tile to tile. That blotchy staining inside individual stones uh, would, would only be there for approximately two, depending on weather and on temperature. Many times it would go away in just two hours, returning to its original light color. And actually, so I have 10 modules installed over a bonded waterproofing membrane, and that module looks the best from all of them. That's the only module that I have that completely returns to its original light color without any wet spots in about two or three hours. And the reason for that is this, my opinion, and I want to hear your opinion <laughs> on that matter. Sure. So, uh, yeah, so my, my opinion is this. Uh, epoxy adhesive doesn't allow moisture to go below the stone. Epoxy grout doesn't allow moisture to sit in grout joints. And that sealer doesn't allow moisture to get into the stone except for in, the for, in a form of vapors. And since the, I mean, the, the amount or the volume of that moisture is so tiny, so little, it evaporates very quick. So that module, and actually I want to, um, uh, um, I just want to share that I already talked to uh, three different manufacturers, and they're all willing to donate me some of their uh, shower trays to do an experiment only using that method. So I want to construct four more modules and add it to that one module to test it with different sealers that uh, I think are very breathable and using epoxy adhesive, different types of epoxy adhesive and epoxy mortar to see whether that method would be a solution for those cases when first bonded waterproofing membrane is specified or is used, it's just easier to install. Second, when the stone is installed, when the stone has what's called resin backing. But uh, first, Fred, could you share, please, your opinion on that method? Sure. What do you think sure. about and it? I, well, I think your opinion is, is right on, but let me explain a little bit more of, of why that occurs with those particular uh, tiles or that particular method, sure. I should mm -hmm. say. And, and you've already hinted on it, and that is if you look at the thickness of your materials, and when I say materials, I mean the setting bed as well as the, the tile itself, if you're using porous materials, like a thin set or even a mud pack, you have a much mm -hmm. thicker porous uh, system, if you will. When you're using epoxy, mm -hmm. and you've already hinted on this, you're actually you're stopping that moisture from going beyond the epoxy. It's only in the tile. So there's that's the thickness is a lot thinner and will evaporate much quicker because you have more air running across it. So mm -hmm. you're right, but that's a little bit more of an explanation of what happens. 
let me back up just let me back up just a little bit and and just kind of clarify for folks out there uh, what we're talking mm-hmm. about when it comes to vapor and uh, especially with with some of these sealers and and a great analogy is and I'm sure this has happened to everybody when you know you're in your nice warm house and it's really really cold outside and you have glass windows which most windows are glass uh, mm-hmm. and you end up getting do uh, moisture on the glass, whether it's inside or outside. That's what can happen inside these modules or inside the stone that you're talking about. So even though you have it sealed with a sealer, uh, it's still going to get vapor in there. It's still going to get moisture. And if you folks, if you want to read more about that, go go to Google and type in dew point, and you'll understand that a lot lot more. I don't want to take the time to give you a half hour lecture on what dew point is, but that that will explain it. But what you're hinting on there with the, the epoxy grout and the uh, uh, epoxy setting bed is right on. I mean, you don't have the amount of thickness there uh, in order for it to hold that moisture for that long. Therefore, it's going to evaporate quicker. And, you know, it's basically a matter of volume. You have less volume than you would with a non-epoxy type system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to add that. It's very interesting. Oh, sure, sure, Fred. Sorry for interrupting you. No, I was going to say, uh, hopefully that I just explains wanted to... it a little better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very deep. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to add to it that, uh, no, that module uh, has been sitting on my backyard uh, since August, like I said, and it already went through so different uh, temperatures. So it went through high temperature, very low temperature. I would even say freeze-thaw cycles because, you know, we, had, we already had, like, very low temperatures uh, in the night and then high temperatures in the day, during the day. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was also exposed to a heavy rain that would rain like sometimes the entire day. And regardless of all that, it acts the same way. It does absorb moisture, dries out if there is no rain, if there is no you know, wet weather, dries out in two to three hours. But Makes at the same time, I, I have absolutely the same module with only one exception. Uh, I, I just want to say that um, I used at least five of my modules that I did in the phase two, they have absolutely the same marble. So it was same Carrara marble processed in Italy. Uh, it wasn't, I apologize, it wasn't Chinese stuff like many people would claim, you know, that's bad, etc., etc. No, it was right. Italian marble, very light, Carrara marble, very good quality. Uh, so I used same stone or, uh, on five modules. So that we have no justification that it's just, you know, different types of stone that act differently. So uh, I have another module that was installed with absolutely same method with only one exception. I used sanded grout, you know, modern, like highly stain resistant grout Mm -hmm. uh, instead of epoxy grout. And that module did produce blotchy staining. And that blotchy staining would 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 never go away after two or three hours. It would take approximately two, three days for that uh, for that module to um, you know to dry out, and moisture was traveling from stone to stone because even though those uh, modern scented grouts they're still very high resistant, very uh, tight, if you wish, but they would still allow moisture to uh, travel from stone to stone, producing that blotchy wet look. Uh, also, I have so much information. <laughs> I have so much information to share. I just want to, yeah, another exception would be this. If you install stone um, bigger than four inches by four inches, so two of my modules, they have stone that was cut, Carrara marble that was cut to four by four squares. So two of those, mo- uh, two, uh, two models with that uh, size of stone. I sealed one and I didn't seal the other one. So with that size of your stone, blotchy staining will not be visible, even in a sealed application. It would only be visible for approximately 30 minutes, and then I I just, I apologize for my barbarian language, I don't have precise uh, terms to explain it, but uh, it would only be visible a little bit for about 30 minutes, and then it would just blend in, into that, you know, color of that stone. And maybe you would see the difference if you just put the original, uh, you know, the original color against the, those modules, they would right. look darker. But there is no blotchy staining, meaning that if you install something larger, I'm not sure about three by three, definitely two by two tiles will produce blotchy staining. But it's something like four by four, 
or even larger, even 12 by 12, maybe even larger. Uh, by the way, in Europe, they installed many uh, Carrara marble slabs that don't have grout joints at all. And uh, I think they even seal some of those slabs on a shower floor. And I checked so many pictures from European internet, and I never found, uh, almost never, I found uh, any pictures depicting that blotchy staining. But it's something, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, let, mm-hmm. me, let me stop Let me stop you for a minute, Pasha, and give out the phone number if anybody wants to call in. And I, I have some questions as well, but some great information. Uh, folks, if you want to call in and ask Pasha a question about his uh, experiments here or me, uh, the phone number is 323-870-3968, 323 323- Eight seven zero three nine six eight, and at the end of the interview here, we'll give out the information where you can see some of the photographs on, on your uh, uh, on your uh, Facebook page. The, the question I had for you, Pasha, was uh, what you, you you mentioned in the very beginning that you used the divot method for your your drains. Was that the only drain yes. you tested, or do they have different drain types? Yes, that's a very good question. So I actually never tested uh, divot method with my modules. Uh, I, all of my, well, not all of them. So there is, when we have uh, prefabricated uh, bonded waterproof shower trays, they have mostly uh, uh, what's called the integrated bonding flange first, and then just uh, a drain opening in some shower trays where you have no bonding flange drain that you attach waterproofing membrane to. You just have that uh, waterproof prefabricated tray with a drain opening and water just goes there. But yes, that's a good question because, I mean, I would say I checked four or five different bonding flange drains from different manufacturers, and they are designed pretty much the same way. So I I talked to uh, different manufacturers, and they told me that actually those shower trays with those bonding flange drains, they're not designed for water evacuation, uh, that water that goes below the stone. They're designed mostly for what's called topical water evacuation, meaning that most of the water will go into the drain, you know, on top, like, of, of the stone, right. and that little amount of water, moisture, that will uh, penetrate the stone and grout will just quickly dry out. That's the main idea. So also... Uh, most of those bonding flange drains, they have their three-part drains, and the bottom of it is what's called the lateral adjustment ring. That lateral adjustment ring, sometimes it's one eight six, sometimes maybe even uh, three sixteenths. So it's touching the floor, and if you pour water around that lateral adjustment ring, water will actually never go through it. It was ne- it doesn't have any weep holes accommodation. It doesn't have any weep holes, even though I thought it, it, it does have weep holes, but actually it doesn't. And uh, so that lateral adjustment ring um, is on the bottom. Then you insert what's called the height adjustment collar. And that height adjustment collar is also sitting inside the ring without pretty much any weep holes. Once right. you fill all that area with mortar, uh, so mortar is much I mean, denser than traditional dry pack, and water will not travel, you know, freely through that mortar. It will pretty much, there will be not much water in that mortar, but that water will pretty much sit inside the mortar, and then it will just wait until it dries out. So therefore, the bonding flange drain, I would say it's not, uh, it wasn't designed for internal water evacuation, if you wish, like the water from water that goes below the stone or tile. It's only right, for right. topical evacuation. It doesn't produce any problems with uh, ceramic and porcelain, as far as I know, but with uh, natural stone. Uh, so that area around the bonding flange drain would always be a little bit deeper than the rest of the floor. And I have one module installed with the same drain system, and uh, it has no sealer. And I was hoping that that module will never produce any wet staining, but actually it did. And the area around the drain holds water the most. So it would take approximately three to even four days for that moisture 
to evaporate, for, for that part, for that area around the drain to just go out. Even though I used a premium motor and I had full motor coverage without any voids. So there is no voids there, full motor coverage, and it would still do that. So what, what advice would you give installers? I mean, uh, I mean, I realize there's a lot more information you want to gather, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what, what recommendation would you give an installer out there that's getting ready to install a, a Carrara floor in a shower at this point? Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to first uh, uh, explain why this experiment is so important to me. Yes, so good first, idea. Yeah, first is after experiencing same problem. I know exactly how a tile contractor feels when he has such problem. You feel absolutely disappointed. You don't know what to do. You are absolutely confused. You ask people and they don't have answers. I had situations, I mean, I was told about situations where the original installer installed Carrara marble on a shower floor and that floor was, uh, you know, produced blotchy staining. Then the guy who told me that story, he was the second contractor, and he's a high-quality contractor. So he did, he installed, so he replaced that stone with Carrara marble. He sealed it even better, and same problem occurred again. And then they hired a third contractor to fix what the second contractor did, and then <laughs> with absolutely same results, very sad results. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, why I have so, so I mean, such a big inspiration is because I understand. So I am a contractor, and I understand the urgency. I have the feeling of urgency. <laughs> I don't want to do it like you know. I don't want to. I don't want it to take years to find out. I want to get results as soon as possible. But of course, with proper uh, you know testing. So uh, secondly, I myself being an installer, I would not refuse installing Carrara marble. Because I take it as a challenge. Some many installers, and they shared that on Facebook. They just refuse after seeing all these problems. They refuse, you know, to touch to ever touch Carrara marble on the shower floor. I think that the problem is not with Carrara marble because Carrara marble has been installed in wet areas and especially shower floors for a very long time, yes. and with great success. And I know installers uh, from the United, I mean, from all over the country, who did install. Carrara marble, I would say hundreds of times with great results, and they would never, they were, they were, they weren't even aware of this problem until they started participating in the Facebook group pages that we participate. So right. first, uh, and um, well, we will not have time maybe to discuss that, and maybe we will uh, leave it for next uh, interview uh, after I finish testing the dry pack method. So first, I would highly recommend installers to consider installing Carrara marble over a traditional mortar bed dry pack method. And if you go to my Facebook page, uh, just Pasha Starikov, uh, one of my last threads uh, shares information about uh, proper techniques and you know, some, uh, some tips of how to install uh, Carrara marble on a dry pack floor. Because a proper, so it, it needs to be a properly installed dry pack floor but that you know that properly installed dry pack floor uh, is much more than many of us would think because there is so many details to it and even if one detail goes wrong that would produce problems that would produce problems that would that can, that can, that can produce blotchy staining or just wet staining right so uh first uh consider using uh installing marble carrara marble over dry pack second I myself will be installing Calcutta marble uh, in December, and I, I will be doing that in a very expensive house. It's a $2.5 million house, very expensive for Portland metro area, and very expensive products. And I will be doing uh, one of the showers with Calcutta marble, and I, will, I myself will be installing it with that method um, Epoxy adhesive, two coats of sealer, and then epoxy grout. So I will take on that risk, and I will be doing that, just you know, to um, to prove that you know our testing have uh, shown uh, has shown good results, proper results. So that would be my two recommendations. First, uh, dry pack method. Second, if you do it over a bonded waterproofing membrane, 
do it with full motor coverage, epoxy adhesive, two coats of breathable sealer, and epoxy grout. Uh, but I think it, yeah, it's really important, Fred, it's really important to mention the third cause of discoloration. And I myself, I, I have never tested, you know, that, uh, that third product uh, that would cause such discoloration, but that is resin, what's called resin backing. Mm -hmm. So maybe, Fred, could you please explain what resin backing is to many of us? Because, I mean, sure. I think you would give the best definition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, resin backing is uh, where you take a tile, and you'll, you'll usually see this on the back of the tile. There'll be a fiberglass back on it, and now they're actually using pure resin. That resin is polyester resin. And uh, uh, a lot of times they'll use the polyester resin. They'll put sand in there to make the back rough. But typically what you see is that fiberglass mesh that's on the back. Uh, the problem I've seen with resin back tiles, and this is across the board, whether we're talking a shower pan or a wall, is the lack of using the proper mortar for that. Most manufacturers are going to recommend using epoxy setting mortars with resin back materials. So your method that you've just explained is perfect and follows industry standards and importantly follows what the manufacturer is recommending. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would also say that some of these failures that you're seeing may be resin back materials that are being installed in, you know, quote unquote, traditional yeah. methods. And mm -hmm. you get not only a bonding problem, but you get the same problem we're talking about here. Yeah. And uh, I think we still have, do we still have a little bit of time? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. We got another 15 yeah. minutes. I, I, I want to read something from uh, uh, a very interesting statement from a Natural Stone Institute uh, Dimension Stone Design Manual, uh, uh, 8th edition. So I will be reading from uh, page 21.9. It says, two complications arise from the use of adhered fiberglass mesh backers. That's actually resin backing. First, the back surface of the stone is truly sealed, eliminating vapor transfer at this point. Second, the ability of Portland cement-based Set to adhere to the epoxy coated back is severely compromised, and in most cases, effective bond can only be achieved by using epoxy-based sensets. So it's very important to understand that that backing sometimes it's not uniform. Actually, if you go to Home Depot, if you want to see what what resin backing is, just go to Home Depot, uh, take a sheet of marble, and most of that marble will have uh, what's called resin backing. So it will have a fiberglass mesh adhered to stone with what's, lo what's looking as glue. Like it's, I think most of the times it's, it's polyester, right? Or right. similar uh, materials. Yeah. Right. So that, co that coating, sometimes it's uniform, sometimes it's thicker, sometimes it's thinner, but that coating adds another impervious layer to the back of stone. And imagine if you install that marble over a traditional dry pack, even if you don't seal it, what will happen is moisture can become sandwiched between the bottom of stone that has resin backing and the waterproofing pen liner below your dry pack. And I, in my opinion, that backing can produce uh, discoloration of marble even before people start using that shower. Because, you know, it will just block any vapors from that try to go out from inside the dry pack. Um, yeah, so it's really important. And actually, I want to read uh, the Dimension Stone Design Manual also states that they have that in, I think it's Chapter 16, and it's found online. You can find it online. And it's uh, so in, uh, in the limitations section, uh, I think it's Chapter 16, it says this. Stone tile with adhered fiberglass mesh reinforcement on their back surfaces are not to be used for shower applications. So now you have a statement from the design uh, dimension stone design manual that says that such stone, and again, it's uh, not just fiberglass mesh on the back of stone. It's, right. it's fiberglass mesh that was adhered with the use of uh, polyester or other glue. So that stone is not recommended. But I think, and hopefully, uh, I will be able to test the fiber, uh, the resin-backed stone with those new four modules that I will install with epoxy adhesive, 
uh, two coats of sealer epoxy grout, and hopefully it will produce good results. Absolutely, and I'm sure everybody's going to look forward to that. And once you get to that point, we'll go ahead and do another interview and see what those results are. But this information you're giving us, Pasha, is just, you know, I, I hope installers out there are, are, are taking this seriously because uh, it, it'll prevent a lot of callbacks. And I'm glad to see someone like you that that's, that's you know, taking the time and effort to do this. It's, that information is, is invaluable. Uh, for those that want to follow you uh, on Facebook and see some of the photographs and everything, I guess they would just search your name, Pasha. Starry Cove, which is spelled S-T-A-R-Y-K-O-V. Is that correct? That's correct. And I will also, okay. what I will do is I will, I will leave a comment uh, at the page, you know, for this interview, and you will just see me, and you will see the link to my Facebook great. page, and you will find great. me there. Yep. I mean, it's and also, great feel free, if, yeah, if you guys are Go listening ahead. right now, so feel free, feel free to contact me anytime. You can contact me via Messenger, Facebook Messenger. And I will be more than glad, you know, to help you because, I mean, I'm doing this not for my own profit, but just to help other uh, contractors, my industry peers. So that's my inspiration. <laughs> and, and you know, and this is important because this is, you know, this is something I've always advocated. And that's, you know, continuing education as, you know, we get more and more materials that are coming that we are installing new methods, not only new methods, but uh, new processes that are done to to materials like you know 40 years ago when I started in this business there was no such thing as fiberglass resin you know backer tiles <laughs> you know so you know guys I can't emphasize enough how important uh, these things are and and obviously some of the associations out there are are taking this very seriously and so are the uh, the manufacturers as well I hope so again Pasha I thank you again this has been extremely informative and uh, you know, if you're not listening live, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're not listening live, obviously this will be archived. So I uh, would recommend to anybody just pass this uh, interview along to anybody you know out there. And, and one last question for you, Pasha, and that is, would you recommend, uh, say, when you're selling the job to a customer that wants, you know, Carrara Marble, would you give them any kind of warning that this may happen, even though you're using the correct method, that, you know, the tiles may get dark for a short period of time, but they'll dry out? Yes, that's that's a great question. Yes, I will explain all the things to my customer before I even touch the floor. Also, what's crucially important is the what's called I don't know like maintenance plan. So you have to understand uh, to explain to your customer that that's a natural material and that natural material needs to have maintenance. So I always provide my customers with a good Thailand Stone pH neutral cleaner. And I would just share some recommendations uh, how to treat, you know, how to clean stone inside wet areas. And the good thing about natural stone, like sometimes people say that marble will look, you know, just, you know, awful, like in a long-term perspective. It will just look so bad after five years with proper maintenance. Just recently, I saw a marble shower with marble shower floor, 20 years old, and that um, uh, shower was properly maintained. It looks amazing. It looks much yeah. better than any ceramic uh, shower I've seen so far. So with proper maintenance, just explain it to your customer so that uh, that product will look beautiful. But yes, I would always explain all the uh, you know all this information, uh, and also I would I would explain the maintenance for that stone. Absolutely. Well, Pasha, I want to thank you again for your time and this valuable information. And uh, hopefully everybody will start following you on Facebook and, and what you're doing. So, uh, again, thank you. And hopefully we'll be talking again real soon. Thank you so much, Fred, for everything you're doing here. And please uh, send me those stickers. <laughs> they're, they're in the mail. I mailed them today. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Take okay. Pasha. Take care. Have a yeah, good Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Thank you so you much. You too. Bye-bye. All right, there we go. Uh, some some great great information. Now I want you to uh, well, first of all, let me remind you if you the stickers he had mentioned are the Stone and Tile Radio Show and Podcast stickers. If you want a couple of those, send me an email to f Houston f h u e s t o n at gmail dot com with your mailing address, and I'll stick them in the mail right right away. Uh, now, also before I go, make sure you stay tuned here. I've got some important messages from from our sponsors. So, folks. Until next week, thanks for listening. Keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Don't go away. 
Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. <laughs> 